Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. The Challenge Mania Patreon is now live. Head to patreon.com slash challengemania or challengemaniapodcast.com to get the scoop on how you can get access to new bonus Challenge Mania content. Hey, oh, wait a minute. Does this mean Challenge Mania is going to cost money now? Cause... No. Challenge Mania is still 100% free. You'll still get two episodes every week with your favorite challenge stars just like you do now. That will not change. Oh, so it's just bonus episodes, special Q&As, video content, and contests for patrons? Exactly. Got it. The Challenge Mania Patreon is 100% voluntary. By listening to the show, you're already doing enough. But if you're craving some more, want to score some exclusive goodies, or just want to show your appreciation for the show, ChallengeManiaPodcast.com is where you can go get it. everybody this is scott yeager here with another edition of challenge mania and uh, on the heels of one of the most talked about episodes of vendettas of the season you didn't come for me you came for d and d on this episode of challenge mania but first i'm joined by the first d in that equation mr Derek kaczynski what's up dude devin the cerebral cerebral assassin with his potions conjured something up called out his victim and named them bananas for this particular episode, this particular week, on this particular challenge. We got them on. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting to see um, both sides play out. You know, I wonder if, uh, you know, Tony taking the turn will, con- will be a continuation for future challenges. Or if bananas will be, you know, how hard bananas will be seeking his revenge and how many he- people he has on his side. You know, because even, it looked like even... Although Kyle did it in a diplomatic way, he still steered those guys to putting Johnny in, and they caught it on camera. So, um, you know, just wondering, just wondering how all this is going to go down in the future, man. Yeah, a lot of things in play in this episode. Obviously, two big story components. Obviously, the Devin, Tony, Johnny thing playing out in the elimination round, and everything that came before that with the quote-unquote mean girls throwing the luggage, the Kaylee situation. We get to all that in this podcast. And, D, I want to get your thoughts on it, too, a little bit here before we get going with Devin. Before we get to that, though, a little house cleaning. That's right. I know it's housekeeping, but I'll, I'm going to keep calling it house cleaning. Um, we have our Patreon up, guys. It has been launched it's official you can get there at patreon.com slash challenge mania uh if you don't know how to spell patreon you could also go to challenge mania podcast.com 
This is 100% voluntary. In no way do you need to feel like you need to pledge anything to this show by pledging your ears twice a week. You're already pledging enough. Uh, even if you've only pledged it once and stop listening. If you listen to one episode of this podcast, we can't thank you enough. But we have started that. Uh, if you do want to check it out, we have a bunch of fun rewards over there. We're going to be doing bonus content. That means not these two episodes like you always get. Those are going to stay 100% free. But for anybody who pledges, I believe it's over 15 a, a month, we're going to have bonus added Challenge Mania content, special extra mini episodes, some special q and some video content, cool stuff like that. There's going to be exclusive merchandise experiences, uh, one-of-a-kind ways that you can uh, hop on the phone with me and D. We'll call you and thank you. Uh, video messages, ways for you to actually come and appear on the podcast. D, how often does someone, uh, a listener, ask how they could be on Challenge Mania? Do you get that like once a week or once a day like I do? I get, I get it often. I get it often. I think people are passionate about this sport. I think people are passionate about the characters that have grown up in their living rooms uh, for this many years uh, to the point where I call them Disney characters. So I get it. I mean, here we are in the challenge universe on the uh, challenge podcast. Um, so, yeah, no, I want to I want to say thanks to everyone that's, you know, a challenge junkie like we are challenge maniac. Um, those shirts are available. Um, my son, I just the one for my son just came in and he can't wear, wait to wear it to school. So we've been seeing like the onesies. I, someone had a, a picture with us on a, on, on a onesie. So oh, I got the mer- I got the merch shout outs ready for you. We have Alicia Davison with her and her son with the with the onesies. Stephen G, Kelly Andrews. Thank you guys for copping merch. Uh, if you guys keep got buying the merch, tweeting the photos of you in that merch, uh, we will shout you out. We'll retweet it, all that good stuff. Um, that's really cool. Likewise, patrons are going to get shouted out too. I, I launched this thing as like what I want to call a soft launch. I didn't even announce it yet. And somehow, as soon as I put it up, we got our very first patron who wrote us a very nice note, said she wanted to be the first one. Brooke Ruiz Erickson, shouts to you for being the first patron. Uh, we also have uh, Sasha Suete. I hope I'm saying that. Um, and uh, we have a couple other patrons who have already come in as well. Uh, we have Morgan Leader. We have Alicia Davison, uh, our good friend, and John Callahan already coming in as patrons. So thank you guys. As you'll see on the site, we're going to shout you guys out as you continue to contribute to the show and we promise we're not going to make this an invasive thing or every week we're hitting you guys up we want to just tell you about it this is our launch it's official the patreon is up it's challengemaniapodcast.com that's where you can go and see all the rewards d one of these rewards is we're going to actually watch an episode of the challenge with somebody on a tuesday night over skype they can literally watch it with live commentary with me and you if they want that's one of the rewards now how cool will that be to watch a challenge episode with a fan That'll be awesome because then I don't have to take notes and I could just we could just watch it together and talk shit about it together. Exactly. They can take notes for us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, also, if you want to meet us, I mean, <laughs> Challenge Mania Live tickets are another reward on there. VIP experiences, meet and greets. Uh, there's even a reward on there where we'll take you out to dinner, folks. So uh, be on the podcast, ask questions on the podcast, really cool ways of getting involved. And uh, for everybody, the added content at a certain level, I believe it's 15 a month. If you pledge that, you get the added content. So special added Q&As with listeners, special one-on-one interviews with listeners, special added bonus episodes but uh, rest assured folks the two challenge manias a week with your favorite challenge stars will continue to be 100% free on iTunes Podbean Google Play and any other streaming or a podcast app that wants to add us or that you want me to add us to let me know it will be 100% free and we are we're launching this Patreon to help to help keep that the case so 
Before you guys get up in arms, oh my God, they're going pay on us, pay for play. That's not what we're doing. Uh, episodes like this one today with Devin, like our previous episode with Brittany and Car Maria, those will remain free for you guys. So to the patrons out there, the ones who have already pledged and the ones who will continue to do so, thank you guys because uh, it is you who is keeping this show free for everyone else. So uh, myself and D can't uh, thank you enough and we can't wait to see uh, what comes of this. And also, you'll see this on the Patreon site. If you guys have ideas for fun reward incentives and stuff like that, shoot those to us as well on Twitter, at DerekMTV, at Shot of Jaeger, hashtag challenge accepted, because we're always looking for fun ideas to reinvent this thing, reinvent the wheel, if you will, uh, and keep everything fun and on the up and up here in the Challenge Mania universe for all of you guys. Yeah, and um, you know when we get into this podcast, uh, you know we 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 dive into like a controversial topic, which is uh, bullying, and um, you know obviously we don't condone. You know I I don't agree with you know anyone getting all their stuff thrown over a balcony, um, but we get into it and we sort of play devil's advocate on both sides. So um, just so you know, obviously, you know we're that's that's not what we're about, and uh, we you know we we're trying to speak against it as much as we can but we do get into playing devil's advocate a little bit on this one so um stay tuned get ready for uh get ready for the the rest of the mayhem to ensue you saw what happened on the show you're about to get the full story yeah, this is about interviewing our guest, folks. Uh, he's Devin Walker. He's a polarizing figure. He knows that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we now know that when we announced this episode, we heard it from you guys on Twitter. So we tried not to let him off the hook. We tried to ask him the tough questions and get his perspective on what happened on Tuesday's episode, on the luggage incident, all that good stuff. He has a different perspective than you or D or I or any of us because he was there throughout this whole thing. And that's the perspective we're going to get in this podcast. So, um, like D said, we did our best to play devil's advocate. Uh, we didn't ma- need to make this a debate over whether bullying is right or wrong, because guess what, guys? Spoiler alert. It's wrong across the board. Now, whether this was bullying by your definition or mine, that also is not what this conversation turns into. Um, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Visually, I can say right now, visually on the surface, what they did was bullying. You put that in a, in a vacuum. You go and a group of people do that to somebody in uh, any context, that's bullying. Now, what Devin gets into is whether she, in this particular instance, deserved it, due in part to things we saw on camera and something we didn't have the luxury of seeing that's a different story and that's where this conversation goes so um uh we know a lot of you guys were eager to hear this episode to hear what we talk about in that regard hopefully we don't disappoint because we do not shy from the issue we get right into it it was a big part about tuesday's episode it was a big part about Devin lining up this big elimination with johnny it played a part in his social game and obviously the aftermath that unfolded with uh britney and kayla and jemmy and how it played out with kaylee leaving the show this is all related and we touch on all of it uh sorry this went up so late in the week, folks, we had some uh, some really nasty weather here in New York City. As most of you insiders know, the cast was doing their reunion this week, so there was a lot in play, but we did our best to get the man of the hour, the man of the week, on the horn for you before you guys put your head on your pillow on Friday night. So, TGIF, folks, thank God it's Friday. Thank God Challenge Mania is here. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He's at MTV Devin Walker. Let him know you heard him on the show. Um, he's going to plug his beer at the end of the episode, so check that out as well. Follow Derek MTV. Follow at Shot of Jaeger. Keep liking us, uh, rating, reviewing us, and subscribing on iTunes. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you guys for supporting the Patreon. Thank you guys for heading to challengemania.shop and copping all the merch. We're going to keep the merch designs coming at you. Uh, D, uh, this was a long intro, but I feel like it was necessary coming off that huge episode and coming off all this news in the Challenge Mania world with the Patreon, with the Challenge Mania shop, and with Devin, I mean, the most talked about guy in the Challenge universe right now, on the line with us. Yeah, and a pretty explosive episode to talk about. So, 
Yeah, let's get into it. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here, guys. Enjoy the show. All right, I'm gonna go start writing a really sick intro for Devin. All right, hold on, I'll be right back. All right, everybody. On the line right now is the man of the hour, the talk of the town. He's the reason you steer clear of the man who brews his own beer. He's the reason that Nirvana's Nevermind went back to the top of the charts on iTunes this week. You guys wanted to hear from him. Mr. Devin Walker is with us right now. What's up, dude? Let's go! How yeah, are you? man. Thanks for having me. Now that is an introduction. That yeah, and is it's how we do it. It's about time, Scott. I mean, the la- you're you're like this is challenge mania, and, and like every one of our guests needs to have a, a similar um, introduction. I know that Devin has just made some humongous moves in in, in the challenge game, but uh, I just got I got to give you a little bit of credit, Scott, for stepping up your game as far as your you know your your introductions go. Because if we're gonna keep going challenge mania, we gotta we we gotta mix up the the WWE, the UFC, and our boy Devin here has definitely done some shit talking. So yeah, let's get into it. Wherever you want to start, Devin, dude, thanks for uh, coming on, man. Of course, thanks you guys. The energy is contagious. You know, we're just gonna infinitely start stepping our games up all around the block. Destruction, sheer destruction, sheer destruction. The reason I had to construct a sick intro for you, Devin, is when I saw you the other night, you made it very clear that although you were making Challenge Mania the last stop on your little press tour this week, that you were doing like five other shows. So I was like, I, I didn't have the chance to listen to those shows or how they introduce you. But I was like, I'm just gonna make sure Challenge Mania has got the best intro. Uh, were we really still number five out of five? How did that go this week? So I had to ditch one of them. This is the fourth stop on the uh, I Beat Bananas tour. Um, <laughs> but you, you definitely, uh, definitely had the best info. Uh, definitely had the best intro. And uh, you know, we always saved the best for last year. So anytime Derek's involved in anything, as we can uh, reference the uh, the last elimination that he was with uh, against Joss. It's going to be epic. Uh, so I'm stoked to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. You know, hold on, let me let me just comment on that real quick, because, Devin, I got to say, man, um, when, when I got there to see uh, when I got there to see you guys all standing in the crowd and, uh, you know, I, I observe everyone's body language. You know what I mean? I observe and see who's like, you know. Um, who's kind of like giving me credit or giving me props or gives a shit about, you know, which competitor. And I just gotta, I gotta say, man, I appreciated, um, the few things that you said to me, uh, behind the scenes. I mean, you went out of your way to like, look me in the eyes and be like, dude, that was fucking awesome, man. And, uh, and I can just tell by the look on your face, man, that you appreciate it. And, and, and And I didn't get that from a lot of people, man, leaving that thing. And you saw, dude, I was fucked up, man. Bro, you know, that so was gnarly. But that's what the challenge is. And I think uh, Jordan really beat it into our heads here at, at, uh, when we were all together, you know, a couple days ago. Um, and I, he's, he's kind of made this point that you're either a competitor or you're a politician. I think you can be both. But I don't think that anyone's going to confuse you for a politician, D. You're a competitor. You always have been. You're a goddamn pit bull. And that was still the gnarliest thing I think I've ever seen. I mean, street fights don't last that long because someone gets knocked out. You guys were in a street fight for two hours. It was insane. Yeah. What's that? Job well done, my friend. 
Thanks, man. Thanks, you too. And uh, and congratulations on your victory against Bananas. I mean, dude, you called them out. You talked your shit. You called them out, uh, and, and it paid off. I mean, you've described it. You described the win in like euphoric ways, is what it sounds like. Um, so, like, do you really think you can beat him in a physical competition, stemming off of the memory game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think anytime you go into anything thinking you're going to lose, you pretty much already have. And uh, tying that back into me versus bananas. Yeah, that was a puzzle. Fine. But like, it wasn't really a puzzle. Like that was about as simple as it gets. But he had beaten himself before that even started because he didn't even pack his bags. So he, he was expecting so greatly not to have to go into this competition that as soon as his name was called, he was defeated. And I would never do myself that disservice. I know what I can do physically. I've got three older brothers. I've gotten my ass kicked, you know, quite a few times. Uh, and it might not look it, but I think that you can agree to this. It is not the size of the dog in the fight. Um, and I would have a little bit extra in the tank knowing all the shit that he's talked. So I actually have probably a, a better a better uh, chance at losing against maybe a lesser physical opponent that I don't have such disdain for. But the fact that it would be him, um, it, it really doesn't matter to me. The size difference, uh, I think we saw that again, not to keep going back to it, but you versus Joss, it's what's in your chest. You know, it's how bad do you want it? And at this point in his career, I just don't think he wants it as bad as I do. And yes, I stand by what I'd say. I'd smash him into physical elimination. Yo, so after, um, like after watching the episode, um, it's starting to seem like a lot of people are turning on Johnny. Like, why do you think, is it me or, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously Tony turned, turned the corner. Um, it seems like Zach is totally on his side. Is this like, is this like, uh, like an alliance? Like, is it, is this you, Tony and, and Zach working together? Or is it, do you think that like everyone is just turning on Johnny and was Zach, did Zach also turn on Johnny that night. So Zach is an interesting guy and I'm glad we brought him up. I really like Zach as a, as a guy. I think he's a good dude. Um, we don't see eye to eye sometimes always, uh, politically either in the game or in the real world, but I do know that he's got a good heart and, uh, and he's, and he's a good dude, but this game, it was clear that Zach was playing both sides of the fence on everything. So he had put himself in a position where no matter what the outcome of that elimination was, he was going to be safe and he was going to be standing with whoever came out on top. It just so happens that that was me. So at that point he makes it look like, Oh yeah, we've been, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks and blah, blah, blah. But what it really comes down to is, and you can say you did it for the TV moment or whatever you wanted. If you really, if Zach had really turned the corner, he wouldn't have said Nelson's name. So for me, people can say everything that they want to say in this game. And there's few times that you get to act on things because not everyone always has a vote. Um, not and oftentimes the votes that you do have are throwaways or unimportant. So anytime that you have that you're put in a position to make a power move and you don't, I chalk that up in the back of my mind and I can kind of tell who's got sauce and who doesn't. And not that Zach doesn't have sauce. He was just playing at that point in the game. He felt like he could beat anybody. So why make waves? Um, as opposed to the way that I play the game, which is I want to get all the strong people out. 
I want to pin them against each other and get them out of the game because that's going to make my chance at getting the gold that much easier. And unlike a lot of people that are in that house that are just happy to be there, that are playing for the bronze, that is not the fucking reason that we go into this house. If you really are a challenger, you don't go in for the guarantee. You don't go in to get second or third. You go in to get first place. And to me, it just makes the most sense to try to get those people out. I think Tony and a lot of uh, other castmates in the house figured that out along the way that if we keep playing this game the same way that we've played it for the last five years, then history is going to repeat itself and none of us are ever going to get a W. Um, so I agree with you that I think we did see a lot of people turn the corner and um, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit on kind of shining the light on some really obvious things. And, um, and then people, you know, make their own decisions, but I'm not willing to put Zach in that conversation yet because I do still think the way he plays the game is okay. You guys have a strong team on with you. Now you guys have a strong team on with you and it takes a really good mental player to be able to kind of toe that line. Um, and Zach is a very strong mental player. It, it, people kind of get that confused because he looks like a gladiator. But uh, he's got it upstairs, too, and he's definitely a threat. You know, he's probably listening to this right now, and I, uh, I think he probably <laughs> think that was a fair – shouts to you, Zach. We know you're listening, even though you're not going to tell anybody. Um, but I, that's a fair <laughs> assessment, you know, and I, he actually doesn't get a ton of props as a, a mental political player because, as you just mentioned, it's from more of a backseat standpoint, not rustling too many feathers and just kind of biding his time and knowing that when he goes in there, he can take people out but not needing to get thrown in there more than he needs to be because he rustles too many feathers. So um, that's a fair assessment. Look, I want to get to some of the, the moves you made to you know incite uh, Johnny getting thrown in but also obviously what else went down in this episode. So MTV, before this episode aired, said this is one of, if not the craziest episode ever and most of the time any network is plugging an episode like that it doesn't live up to the hype i actually do think this one did because it had it all it had the the drama with the ladies it had the the sort of social game you played throughout and it had this shakespearean narrative between you and johnny that ultimately played out on the battlefield and all of that i thought was you know great in a lot of ways wretched in a lot of the things we saw but it got people talking and uh you know to be honest with you something that surprised me was it got people a lot of people seeing how you sort of were the reason that a lot of the other instances that happened on the show happened, kind of blaming you for it. And, you know, when we announced we were having you on the show, we got some backlash. We got some people that said they weren't going to listen. We got some people blaming you for what, quote, unquote, the mean girls did to Kaylee. So before we move on to the the elimination, which we kind of do- dove into a little bit, and before we get into post-elimination and your future gameplay and all this great stuff we have a ton of questions for, you know, I'm going to put my producer hat on and put this at the front of the show because we can't not talk about this. It's what a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people have opinions on it, especially from your perspective. So we want to get your perspective from it. You actually lived it. You're the one who delivered that information to Nelson that threw this whole thing off the chain. Uh, So we'd like to know, you know, first and foremost, the start of the plan, the info you gave Nelson and the incident it led to. Seeing how this played out, do you have any regrets? Uh, Did it play out differently or along the lines of how you sort of saw it playing out in your head when you, you know, went for the move? And just you know, we'd love to get your thoughts on it here from your perspective, and then we'll get into what some people are saying about it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this answer off with saying that I have been and always will be a very polarized 
um, player in this game. Uh, very few people are in the gray area about me. It's really either he's fucking the man and I love that kid or I can't stand him and I, I want to do anything I can to get him out of this house. Uh, that's the way that I like to do it. I think when you flatline, you die, obviously, and that's never what I've been about. So to the haters, keep hating. And to the fans, you know, thanks for riding with me. Um, but let's dive into those questions. So I think the first one that sticks out is that I've gotten a lot of too, is why did I wait until I did when I had this information about bananas and Kaylee, um, earlier on. And what it looks like is I have put together this, um, brilliant plan that, you know, incites the house into a borderline riot. Uh, and I did it all because Kaylee said my name. Um, you want to know what? That has a lot of truth to it. Um, but there's also something that uh, didn't that kind of got left on the, the cutting room floor. And that is initially when I had this information, the reason I didn't say anything to Nelson about it was because I was sure that it wasn't going to get any attention. So why give something some attention if it's never going to get there? But as soon as Kaylee tipped the scales by saying Banana's name over Nelson, I knew in the back of my mind, okay, this is coming back now. This is definitely coming back because really that's the only reason that she had was that she must have had a relationship with Bananas kind of behind closed doors that none of us were aware of. And at that point, I really was doing two things. One was – Let's stir, let's stir some, some pots here and let's get Kaylee to feel a little bit uncomfortable because people need to know that you shouldn't be saying my name if you have any skeletons in your closet. And that was just kind of like a public service announcement, period. The way that I play the game is really pure. Uh, and I don't have to deny anything. I don't have to. And we can go back through every season I've ever done and look at the, the amount of times that I've said, oh, no, I never said that, or, oh, no, I didn't do that. Because if I have something to say, I'm going to say it right to your fucking face, and that's going to be that. So the people that try to play a sneaky game that have skeletons in their closet, bad move. And that was the first thing that needed to get proven. The next thing really was, Nelson, you're going to look like a fucking idiot, and I actually really do like Nelson. We go back to Are You The One Season 3. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's a friend of mine outside of the house, and I could tell where this was going, and I wanted him to at least have an opportunity to get in front of that. Um, so it, it was it was a double edged sword. But can I just uh, say because this this is what some people have have questioned about that whole thing. So you know, I, I I see what you may mean the fact that get in front of it now. The fact that a lot of it's coming to a head because of Kaylee not voting along the party lines of Nelson, sort of seeing that as this pivot point, like, okay, this is going down a certain path. I want to give him all the info he needs to kind of attend to that properly. However, you, you get people out there who say, hey, if you're a good buddy of Nelson's, if you have a relationship outside the show, why didn't you say this to him like the next morning after you witnessed this happen? Because take the game out of it. If you saw your, you know, your buddy's girl at a bar talking to her, making out with, you know, of all people, Johnny Bananas, you'd probably be texting them like two hours later. So just defend that if you could if it's not just purely from a, a strategic standpoint or is it uh um, well, he's he's saying that he's saying we're in the game he's saying we're in the game and all bets are off i'm going to use this i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in my back pocket and and like the and, and throw the bomb out there 
and watch it explode a little bit later. I'm going to use this as a game move. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that's that's half of it. And the other half of it is also um, me and Nelson had a relationship going into this house that was, uh, you know, kind of just run of the mill in terms of challengers. We didn't not like each other. We didn't. He really was one of the few people that was, I think, in that gray area with me. Flash forward six weeks later, we've been living together for six weeks. We've been in the same room. We've been kind of playing the same style of game. And we've had real conversations about things that were happening in our real lives. And I got to know Nelson a little bit better on this season um, as a friend. And so what I have told him in uh, right off the right off the rip in the next season that we do together. Absolutely. Um, and I probably wouldn't have kept that bomb in my back pocket and waited. But at the time that I knew about this, it was me and Nelson didn't have the strongest relationship flash forward six or seven weeks. And he's become, you know, one of my closest friends in the house. And now the girl that is supposed to have your back that you've been protecting the entire game stabs you in the back and votes for the guy that I know that she had a relationship with. Now I have to tell you. Now, if I don't tell you, I'm a fucking asshole friend. So, so here, that's where my, that came from. So here's here's my question. So was the rumor? Um, was it was it a spinoff of? Just We're not going to call it a rumor because it was the truth, and that's okay, so, that's another that's another thing that people are starting to kind of misconstrue on the on the Twitter waves is that I just blatantly made something up. I don't think that those people. Excuse me. I don't think those people watched the episode because in the episode, Kaylee admits to it about three or four times in multiple different ways. There's even a conversation that she's having with Johnny at the bar that night where she says to him, OK, so you're just going to keep denying this. You're going to keep saying that it never happened. Um, she wanted to get out in front of it. She said this isn't a big deal. It was, you know, the first week in the house. Me and Nelson had been talking, but we weren't like, you know, an official thing or anything at that point. So why did I owe it to him to, to tell him? And I completely agree with that, but here's where this, the, a little bit of the cynicalness comes out is this house is a microcosm. So anything, any small thing that would happen in real life becomes this giant thing in the challenge house because you can't leave it. People don't understand that. There's no like, Hey, I don't like you. I'm going to walk away from you. It's no, Hey, I don't like you. I'm going to have to see you in an hour. And then I'm going to have to see you in another hour. And then three days from now, I'm going to have to see you again. It's like constant, um, having to deal with people that you don't really like. So I knew that Nelson and Kaylee were, were going to let this blow over. Okay. You fucked Devin over. It doesn't really matter. You didn't really fuck me over. So let's get back together. The other part of this, and this is the strategic part is bananas and Natalie were very much a part of my decision to go about this the way that I did. Natalie claims she didn't care what bananas did, blah, blah, blah. I think we all saw in her reaction that she did. And I needed those two to split because they were very strong players in this game. So unfortunately it looks like Nelson got used. Um, but it really was kind of me saying, Hey, listen, you're my buddy. You're going to look like an idiot. And all of this other stuff that will help our game could happen if we do this the right way. 
Um, and he was much, he was as much a part about that, uh, that plan as I was, you know, we sit down and I have the conversation with him. And as he's leaving the room, I say, you didn't hear it from me, you know? And then he went on and, and he did whatever he did with that information. Um, he could have very easily just kept it to himself. So, so here's, here's the controversial part that's going on in my mind, um, watching the show and then listening to you now is like what, what Nelson said was that. They've been hooking up behind closed doors, hooking up as if they have been continuously hooking up while there's two other relationships going on. So was it was the rumor or the truth is there was a kiss before any of this happened or they had continuously been hooking up while um, there was a Banatoly thing and there was a, a Kelson thing going on? Well, that's uh it's a very good question, Derek. And I think, again, we're just going to have to roll tape on this one and do a little analyzing. What I say verbatim is there is a series of hookups between Johnny and Kaylee that have happened behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, I knew for sure of two. Two to me is a series. What were the two? Can you can you explain the two in detail for those people who are sitting there with a microscope like the Sapruder film right now and uh, uh, want to know so where these happened, I, when they happened, etc.? Yeah, we went over these we went over this I I think on my after show. It all comes back to a very interesting game of flip cup, which was uh, kind of a bizarre attempt to set up me and Marie which was never going to happen in a million years because I have a girlfriend that I really love and Marie is just a friend and will only ever be a friend. I can't be clear enough about that. But the, the, the outcome of this game was going to determine one thing. The girls made a really, really bad deal. I forget what would happen if they won, um, but it was something that like we benefited from anyways. And if the guys won, uh, Anytime we passed each other in the hallway the next the next day, uh, there would be like a kind of sneak off and make out scenario. And so Kaylee comes up to me at the end of the day and she goes, you really wasted your win. And I'm like hammered when we're playing this game of float cup. I have no idea I'm even doing it. So then she runs it back for me and says, you don't remember us saying that this would be the, the outcome for the winners. And I was like, oh, I have no idea, you know. Too bad I didn't take advantage of that. And she says, well, Johnny has. He's been taking advantage of it all day. So they had been hooking up kind of randomly throughout the house throughout the day. Um, Just like, yeah, make out over here behind, you know, in the bathroom or whatever, and then go down the hall and make out over there. So did I see anything? No, but I heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, And that is supposed to be meant as a saying and as an insult, Kaylee. Um, So... At that point, at that point, I had the information, right? And then, like Derek just said, and uh, I agree with him, I waited to use it. Because, honestly, at that point, I wasn't super anti-bananas. We actually went into the game, and we'd been in the Troika once together. Uh, we'd been kind of playing this who's going to take the first shot type of game. And the reason that our, our relationship started spiraling was because he didn't like that I was kind of putting his relationship with Natalie on blast. So throughout the season, this tension builds 
where Johnny is trying to essentially say, I'm bullying Natalie into giving me information um, about his alliances, uh, which I don't think it was bullying, but yeah, I was fishing for information from someone that didn't know how to play the game. uh, And that's just strategy. But to bring this back full circle, all I said was there was a series of hookups, right? In the challenge house, and to go back to the microcosm point, we all know what the game of telephone is. You say one thing, you say, hey, I have an apple in my hand. By the time it gets to the fourth person, you just bought a new car. So there's, I knew that that was going to happen, but that's not my fault. And it's also not my fault that the girls decided to take matters into their own hands. I never said anything to the girls about this situation. And my intent was, okay, Nelson's going to be mad. He's going to be done with Kaylee. And maybe it'll get back to Natalie and she'll be done with bananas. I never envisioned that it would kind of spiral the way that it did, but it only takes a spark. Spirals of suitcases flying over the, over the balcony and a mattress. You want to know what? Well, in, you know, you guys might get some shit for it. I might get some shit for it. I don't care. I eliminated two people in one night. Kaylee said my name. She left the house. Bananas had been trying to fuck with me the whole game. He left the house. That's a double victory. Is it sad the way that it went down? Sure. But I'm not going to ever say that what those girls did was, is to be considered bullying. Because it's not. Kaylee was wrong. She knows she was wrong. And what happened is a bunch of drunk, protective people in the right teamed up on her and got her stuff out of the room. They also gave her a warning. Kaylee at the bar says, we're going to sleep tonight because it's not going to be in our room. That she never played the game before. But when someone says, when a group of people say, Hey, yeah, you can't come back into our room, get your shit and go as far away from that room as possible. What, uh, what was the timeline like as far as how much time was there in between the little game of flip cup, the little, you know, the makeout sessions with her and bananas or, or alleged makeout sessions with her and bananas. And then Johnny and Natalie partnering up and her and Nelson, uh, starting to canoodle as well. Was it a few days? Was it a week? Was it a day? Just so we know. Um, God, it's tough, you know, in retrospect to put a timeline on it, but Natalie and bananas had been like flirting with each other in the hotel and on the plane ride to location. So they were already in, they were, they had already been kind of pushed in that direction. Uh, and, and that was brewing, but I don't think anything had happened with them. Uh, now, now Kaylee and Nelson had a similar situation, but they met obviously our first like night or two in the house and they were just talking. I don't think they'd done anything. And then I think the flip cup game was about a week in. the following day was the hookups. And then, uh, but Natalie and Kelson happened a couple days after that, both of them, like had kind of solidified themselves. You started seeing them in the same rooms and the same beds and they were, it was very much known that, okay, these two are a thing and these two are a thing. So it was close enough in proximity where if that information had gotten out, I'll tell you right now, Nelson did not want to be, you know, the, the, the second person when bananas was the first one. So that probably would have never even happened. 
And Natalie is so self-conscious about her image that there's no way that she would have been like the next in line after Kaylee. So the thing is, is that did they owe them explanations? And did they at that point in a relationship, did they have to tell them about what had happened? No. But any decent human being would have and would have been like, hey, listen, this seems to be getting like a little serious. And just so you know, you're not the only person that I've been with in this house. And that's going to come out eventually. And I want you to be prepared for that and make your own decision. That's what a good human being would do. That's why Kaylee and Bananas didn't do that. When you say when you say that Kaylee was in the wrong, are you referring to that right there? The fact that although she didn't necessarily owe it to Nelson, you think a decent person would have given him the heads up? Or are you referring to her voting you into the elimination? What was the wrongdoing that she did that you think equated to the I'm referring to the entire way that Kaylee played this this game. There was a conversation that she had that I actually kept to myself. That was, I am partnered up with Nelson and I'm maintaining a friendship with Bananas because they're, in my opinion, the the two strongest guys in the game and I want them both to have my back, essentially. Okay, fine. That's okay. But you can't do that and then play the victim card about getting bullied. You can't use people for protection and then say and then pretend like you don't know what's going on. And, oh, my God, I don't know this game. That was my biggest problem with Natalie and with most of the rookies coming into this game. Thankfully, you can only play that card once. Don't act like you don't know what you're doing when you're playing the game very well. That's what Kaylee did. And then to put some icing on that cake, she stands in front of everybody and says, Bananas has had my back since day one, so I gotta, I'm sorry, Devin, I got to vote you in. Ruining Nelson's chances in that game. Because guess if, if I go home... Nelson loses a vote in his favor and is probably the next on the chopping block. So at that point, she had picked her side, right? She had picked her team. She was on Team Bananas. And it should be known that if you go Team Bananas, the gloves are off. Right or wrong, she managed to piss off a lot of people. Um, Yep. Like really pissing off a lot of people because, I mean, those three girls um, throwing her shit over the balcony – and I, to be honest with you, I kind of want to propose the same question that I proposed bananas on Twitter, which really pissed them off. The question was, a lot of times, well, Johnny will call people out on Twitter, and at some point I kind of got tired of it, and I proposed the question, veteran gameplay or out-of-bounds bully? So I kind of proposed the same question here. Was throwing the mattress out-of-bounds bullying or veteran gameplay to get her out of the game? Obviously, Twitter is a little bit more real life than than game. But who knows? At this point, social media um, is part of what you call that mental warfare. And I have never been a part of anything in my entire life besides divorce um, uh, that that is more has more mental warfare um, involved than um, than than the game and inside the game. And, and, And social media has now sort of become part of that game you know what i mean so you push people down or you force them to sort of bust out of their shell and scream back get people like me to come in and try to stand up for what i think is right and in turn pissing more people off one way or the other so the question is you know veteran game player out of bounds bullies what where, where do we stand here with this with this scenario Devin? well let's uh 
let's just take a quote uh, from the banana man himself. All is fair in love, war, and challenges. So I think that kind of answers the question by itself. It's also hilarious that Johnny would be brought up in the same conversation of defending someone who was bullied because let's roll tape on this one again. Some of the things that he has said to people and done to people in this game, he is not only the most winningest challenger, fine, whatever, give it to him. He's also the biggest bully the show's ever seen. And that is, he's done things and said things to people. I remember, I think it was the island when he's sitting across the table from Kellyanne and just ripping her like low blow after low blow after low blow. Some of the things that he did to Sarah, some of the things that he's done to so many other people in this game that for when Johnny does it, oh, it's, it's just, it's, it's good gameplay. But when someone else does it, it's bullying. Come on, get out of here with the word bully. Bullying is, is something that I think the challenge is, I get what we're trying to do here. We're trying to say, okay, we don't support bullying. Fine. But let's not misconstrue what that is. Let's not cry wolf on it because when it actually does happen and it's really serious and people are like, you know, doing doing things in response to actual bullying that are like self-deprecating and harmful and like this is an actual serious problem, I think, with uh, a large portion of our audience that, you know, and, and now we're saying to them, OK, this is what bullying is. Asking someone, like having a conversation with Natalie like I had in the kitchen, that's what bullying is. No, it's not. It's not. It's much more serious than that. And if we're gonna if we're gonna sit here and we're gonna have that conversation, let fine, we'll call it bullying, then I support some kinds of bullying. Because if there's someone that's against uh, racial equality or someone that's against women's rights or someone that's against um, equal rights for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I'm going to gang up on them. I'm going to gang up on them and I'm going to let them know that you're wrong. That's not a stance that should be tolerated or allowed. And if it's if all bullying is, is a group of people ganging up on one person, then I'm a fucking bully because I'll gang up on someone that doesn't support equal rights all day long. And if that makes me a bully, then fine. Those people deserve to get bullied. In this situation, we can call the Kaylee thing bullying. She deserved to get bullied. She played a weak, scared game. It came out. A bunch of people that were right in protecting their friend went after her, and now she's crying the victim. Guess what? If you don't want to get bullied in that way, play a straight-up game. When someone says, hey, did you do this or did you say that? If you can't say, yes, I did, then you probably shouldn't have done it. You know, it's, it seems like an old school tactic to me, you know, and uh, it just seems like, you know, if you piss me and my friends up, we are going to fuck your shit up. Yep. So it's kind it's kind of the same. It seems sounds like the same thing. Like if someone is, you know, um, again, if someone is shitting on, you know, women's rights or racial equality, like uh, there's going to be a group of people that are going to stand up and fight against what you are saying when it's definitely in the wrong. Um, so it, it just sounds like um, there's a, uh, there's room for debate, you know, and, uh, and, you know, some people are going to choose one side. Some people are going to choose the other. And in this, in this particular situation, she was definitely outnumbered. She was in a challenge house. There was, I mean, let's talk about drinking, you know, let's talk about like, 
you know, the effects, you know, uh, uh, that a night out can do in the challenge house. I mean, when you're in the challenge house, I mean, it, I, 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 I say this all the time. It turns into Amityville horror. The house oh, yeah. starts turning on you. And the you walls have to start walk. talking. Yeah. And you <laughs> have to. Yeah. And in this case, the mattress started fucking falling out of the sky. Suitcases started falling out of the sky, Devin. And it's all your fault. Yeah, it does seem that way. You want to know what? I'll take it, that. One. It's not all your fault. Listen, listen. It's not. It's not all your fault. It's not all your fault. But I mean, like you said, you you lit the fire. It worked. It burned. It burned enough to somehow. And we got to get to this. Tony, giving you what you want. Tony, yeah. giving you know, Tony giving you what you want, and then leading to Kyle sort of pushing this um, to happen. Let's put a bow. Yeah, let's put a bow on this on this portion of the episode. And obviously, you know, I know I didn't want to cut you off there, D. But you know, I think there's a lot of listeners out there who who think that this is bullying. Whether whether no one's ever going to have the same definition of bullying, or whether it's right or wrong in certain instances. Look, there's a lot of people who say, look, it's reality TV. It's fair game. There's a lot of people like you, Devin, who are saying, if you deserve it, it's fair game. I think that there's millions of viewers out there who watch this episode and all we got to see was the little bits and pieces of Kaylee's game or Kaylee's demeanor or how she played, you know, uh, you know, conducted herself out there with you guys. And then we also got to see TJ uh, basically call it bullying. We got to hear some poignant points by Car Maria. So to a lot of people out there, they think this represents bullying. They, they think this represents what they're scared their, their kids or brothers or sisters are going through in high school. So to anyone who thinks that, that's that's fine. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm not one of you, but it's one of those things where it's a gray area. We're at the peril of what we get to see or not see on TV. Devin, you were there the whole time. You have your opinions on it that you've made very clear here today. And I will say, like it or not, I respect you for, you know, sticking true to your your opinions and what you feel and what you think. And, you know, you guys at home listening to this can obviously choose whether to agree, choose whether to call them out for it, to uh, change your opinion, to stick with your opinion. That's what's great about these conversations that are being started by these these actions. I think that's at least one of the pros we could say that came out of this this ridiculous uh, event filled with baggage, pun intended, obviously, on Tuesday's <laughs> episode. Here, here's, here's, my fi- here's my final thought on this. Here's my final thought on this, okay? So I'm just going to go. But Natalie started a relationship. Sounds like it sounds like but Natalie started a, a relationship at the beginning of the show. Started like Kaylee and Nelson started a relationship at the beginning of the show. Somewhere at the beginning of the show, there was a kiss or a possible multiple kisses, according to Devin, between Johnny and Kaylee. It comes out later on. And now everybody's pissed off to the point where to the point where someone's getting their stuff thrown over the edge. I, I don't. I feel like there is more to the story of how I feel Kaylee was able to piss off oh, so many that, people, or, or that fire didn't just—it wasn't just lit like that. I mean, it yeah, exploded. that's why it's, not, it's ridiculous to give me that much credit. I'll accept it, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> the, the, the reason that um, Kayla was so angry with Kaylee had nothing to do with Nelson and and uh, uh, the the situation with bananas and Kaylee. It was that Kaylee had first decided to, when she had to move rooms, to go and be with Marie and Kayla in camp. And then in a couple a couple days after being with them, she said, no, I can't be down here anymore. I have to go upstairs. We didn't know for whatever reason. Then she started talking a lot of shit about the girls in that room. 
saying really, really mean, hurtful things about Kayla in particular, um, things that are just uncalled for. And it wasn't like she would, you know, if Kayla would come up in a conversation, Kaylee like essentially went on a character assassination tour about Kayla to all the girls in the other room. And when that came back to Kayla, like it always does, just another skeleton in, in Kaylee's closet, which is full of them. That's what started Kayla's serious uh, aggression. And then you get Jemmy signing on because she's defending Nelson and you get Brittany signing on, I think, just because the other two girls were doing it. And so uh, that's how you got that, like that group to go against her. But it wasn't because of what happened with uh, with Bananas and, and Kaylee. It was mainly because of what Kaylee had been saying in the rumors that she had been spreading about Kayla. It sounded like this was the final straw. Yep, it was. More and more of our neighbors are struggling with the trauma of COVID-19 and the stress of everyday tasks. Life is hard. It's harder on drugs. On average, 130 people die every day from opioid overdose. Addiction is a common and treatable disease and affects people of all ages and all walks of life. Reach out and join the thousands of Virginians that have successfully recovered at off-opioids.org. And remember, the Harrisonburg Rockingham Community Services Board is here to help. And it was an excuse. It was a good excuse for the girls to do something to her that would kind of let her know, hey, listen, sweetheart, you're a rookie. You need to tone it down a little bit. You're talking a bunch of shit. You're stabbing people in the back. And when you play that game this way, bad things are going to happen to you. And this is the message we're sending. Yep. Welcome to the challenge. Hashtag. You, listen, dude, I, listen, when I got to the challenge and I was all fucking pipey and, and talking shit to everyone, dude, they looked at me the same fucking way. Ha, ha, ha. Really? Oh, I'm, I'm going to hit you with a golf cart by accident. And I go flying. <laughs> so so th- this is another reason why I can I can pl- I can play this, you know, devil's advocate for for both sides in this because obviously i'm not condoning people fucking hurting each other like that's you know but the problem is is we're we're on the challenge and you may get hit by a golf cart you may get hit get your shit thrown over the balcony um it it happens you know it's just when it's constant when it's constant bullying it when it's a constant tactic where you're every season you're getting your shit thrown in the pool and the girl's crying and you're quitting that's a fucking even bigger issue. Now we're running into like bullying. You know, when people, when people, you know, when people dig at, at your insecurities or on a consistent basis and you are in your feeling pain on a daily basis on every single week, which can happen on social media. Um, you know that I feel like, you know, you throw the question up, is that too much picking on, you know, because I have a kid, and pick and, and bullying does happen at school, but bullying is not doesn't just start as oh I'm a big bully. It starts as consistently picking on somebody to the point where they are reaching a break where they are breaking breaking mentally to the point where they're cutting themselves or thinking about hurting themselves because there's no nowhere to turn because no one will help you, you know. Um, so in that case, you know you're at home and you're listening and you're picking on someone or you know someone that's picking on someone step in and help out a little bit you know like we this is the challenge we're on a show she's not going to get her shit thrown in thrown out 
on a daily basis at home. You know, if you're trolling on someone on social media, consistently leave them the fuck alone because you have no idea how how much they're getting it in real life, you know, and how much they're hurting on a regular basis, you know. So um, that's my PSA, you know, for, for that. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on, guys. Let's do it. Um, so, you know, obviously that did lead to, at least indirectly, you getting your wish and Bananas uh, taking you on in an elimination here on Vendettas where you guys have been billed as such. Um, and Tony played a huge part in that. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how this whole thing came full circle. I think if you're a producer over there, Buna Murray sitting in that uh, editing room, you love the fact that you have a video with very clean audio. I don't know how they got it of you guys at an after party masterminding essentially this entire plan after the Dirty 30 uh, reunion. And then this comes to fruition with Tony sort of, I know you guys have used the visual analogy with the alley-oops, lobbing it up there for you and you knocking it out of the park in the elimination. So walk (laughs) us through that in what I assume was a very fulfilling way to fulfill your vendetta and uh, everybody all around, the producers, uh, the cast, yourself, any anti-banana fans or any just fans of the show that love to see these narratives actually play out and actually get to see the main event that was advertised before one of the fighters gets injured and has to get canceled. I mean, I think we all loved seeing this one way or another, even if we hate loved it. And if Tony's Scottie Pippen and Johnny's Michael Jordan, who did Scottie Pippen just throw the assist to? Just Larry wondered. Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird. Wow. Yep. I'm a a Celtics guy through and through. Number 33, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, So the fulfillment aspect of this is obviously off the charts. Um, And the way that it all went down and the way that it was constructed, you really can't ask for a better situation. I mean, we actually are dealing with a storybook ending here. Um, And I think that Tony really was on the fence as much as it seems like that decision was easier for him to make than it was. You can just imagine because Johnny has this way of kind of making people believe that he is a better friend to you than he is. I think Tony especially had a very difficult decision to make. Um, And it took myself, Kyle, Kayla, multiple other people kind of saying, listen, Tone, this is your season. You've been killing this. He's done nothing for you. It's, it's okay. If you send him in and he comes back and, and then, and then what, then you send him in again. Like this was finally the season where Tony was able to show how how strong and how powerful he can be as a competitor. And instead of taking a backseat and like being the sidekick, he said, no, thanks. I'm going to be the main character here. Um, and that was obviously the solidifying moment. So even if it hadn't have been me in that elimination, it would have been fulfilling and it would have been awesome to see. But it, I mean, we just got the perfect storm because it was me, because it was a puzzle because I did call Johnny an idiot for two weeks and then beating me at something mental, you know? So that, that was, uh, that was a great moment for the show. It was a great moment for, um, for, I think all the castmates. And obviously I wouldn't have rather it go any other way. So, 
Um, I guess the point I'm trying to get at here is this was Tony's season from the beginning. He was, he was given an opportunity to solidify that. And oftentimes, uh, kind of like you just mentioned in this question, you get so close to like, you get so close to that perfect alley-oop and someone bricks the dunk or, uh, there's a, there's something that, that just the, the stars don't align quite right. Everyone always has these great ideas on how to get strong players out of the game. So no matter what side you were on to watch one of those finally come to fruition and, and finally really go the way it was planned, even better than the way it was planned. That's cool to watch. And I don't care who you are. Uh, Tijin, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Tijin or Tijin on Twitter, has a question, and he says, how do you feel now that the target is completely on yours and Tony's back for all future challenges? And do you actually believe that to be true, or is the target just from one or two people now on your back? That or, is could, it on, or is it on Johnny's back? Yeah, that, that couldn't have been uh, – I mean, I appreciate – wow, that's – I mean, people actually even think that? That's insane. Uh, the target is not on my back. The target is not on Tony's back except from Johnny. But Johnny has such a long list of people with targets now. He's going to – I mean he would have to play a flawless game to make it to a final. And I don't think he has it in it. So I would argue that the target on my back shrank because now people are like, oh, wait a minute. We might not want to see Devin in elimination because what if it is mental? And I think that they would say that Johnny's target has actually gotten bigger because now people know they can beat him. It's like, fuck, Devin beat him. So, like, I maybe we'll start taking shots. And it, takes a long, it took a long time for that to kind of come out. Wes, we got to give Wes some credit here. He's been saying this for like a decade. The guy's not that good. And I completely agree. I mean, I just don't think he's as good – as people think that he is. And I think that that got proven. So to answer that question uh, concisely, I think my target has shrunk. I think Johnny's has gotten bigger because I now have proven that I can send home a strong player. And Johnny has now proven that he can lose to anyone. You mentioned the uh, the idea of people being worried about you in a mental challenge, and we you know we got a, a ton of questions, and I'm sure you have as well about whether you felt this particular challenge uh, swayed in your favor because it wasn't necessarily a full on physical challenge. Now I had your back on this earlier this week because to me. I'm with you. I don't think this was a standard puzzle challenge. It was, from a puzzle standpoint, pretty straightforward. It's look at the lights, which ones you have to turn on. And then there was a physical component in the sense that you're running back and forth, albeit like, you know, half a suicide, but like, you know, a very small distance. But you're running back and forth. You guys both looked out of breath. There is a bit of a stress component, at least physically. Um, I want to ask Derek this, because Derek obviously is a physical competitor. If you get this elimination against Devin or whoever, do you see this as awesome? shucks I got a puzzle or is this something that is more even playing field that you think you have a chance of beating somebody even somebody as smart as Devin in this challenge or are you like oh no I'm screwed Derek well I mean it just it looked like a, a game of memory right so I, I didn't really um I, so the lights would come out up in different patterns and then you'd have to go in and and then they turn off and then you'd have to go and press the lights that were on is that how it worked so, yeah, that's actually a good question, too, because a lot of people were confused at what it exactly is that we were doing. All that we had to do was light up the entire board. Yep. Right. 
Yeah. But you couldn't turn off the lights that were on in the beginning. So there's like no you couldn't just run over and like turn on all the lights or click every button and then come yeah. back and like do like a negative space thing. You had to do it, go up, come back, go up, come back. Um, so there was X amount of lights. I think there was, um, I want to say there was 95 lights, um, or not, no 90. Yeah. There was 90 lights that were on the board and like 15 of them were randomly lit up. So you had to press the button. You could hold it for, I think three to five seconds. At that point, you could see which lights were lit up. Then you run to the board and you try to turn on the ones that weren't lit up. Then you come back. That weren't lit up. That that weren't weren't lit up. up. So then you come back and you press the button again. And now obviously there's more lights that are lit up. So now instead of 90 uh, or instead of 15 lights that were lit up, there's 27. Then you got to go run back and you got to, you got to, you know, try to light up some more and then you come back and then you run back and try to light up some more until your whole board is lit up. So how many, like how many could you like light up at the same time? Like two, (laughs) just with two hands. Is that. Uh, so my strategy was to break it into rectangles. I go over this briefly in the episode. It was, um, so the game was, I want to say it was six down and then, um, what would it be? 15 across. Yeah, 15 across. So I just broke it up into rectangles that were uh, three and five. So I'd look at the top rectangle, which was three down and five across, and do it left to right. Then come back and then go to the to the bottom left rectangle and do that left to right. Then you're in the middle sections. Um, so it took me about, I think, 10 or 11 trips. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was over in like, 15 minutes. Now you, you applied a strategy to it, but what differentiates this from a puzzle for me is that when you have a straight up puzzle on challenge or survivor or any show where really what gets in, in the way of people is they sit there staring at it and they don't even know how to start it or they, they put it together the wrong way or whatever. This was a straightforward format. You devised a system that helped you do it quicker. Johnny was right on your heels. So it's not like you had some weird mental advantage over him. You just figured out a system that got you to finish it quicker. You must've been a little bit quicker on your feet too. And I don't put this in the category of a regular puzzle for me, at least. I think this is something that was kind of on an even keel from a strategic standpoint and from a mental standpoint and you just you just beat him i think yeah I, well i completely agree um do you very, that's surprising you, i'm surprised you <laughs> no. yeah it's it's really easy for uh the loser in this ser- scenario to say oh well i would have won if anything else had happened yeah guess what you didn't you know yeah, I mean, Derek and I are sitting there watching it on TV, and we don't even realize what's going on. We think that the lights are going; they're they're coming out in different patterns every time, and that might have been that just because, like, the first time you or Johnny did it, you put out one of the lights that was on, so it kind of looked different. But for some reason, yeah. we're we're misreading it from a viewer standpoint. So, Derek, it sounds like this would have been a tad overwhelming for you in the moment. Do, how would you have? <laughs> how would you have? Yeah, how would you have handled this? And do you think you would have had a shot at it, or would you just have been? You would have been turning out all the lights, and it would have looked different every time. And you and your head would have probably won a challenge that wasn't even put on the table for you well I, well i'm sure i'm sure that they well they just like anything they they go over the rules multiple times so if i didn't understand exactly what the fuck i needed to do um i would ask enough questions to know what the hell i needed to do um but no i i mean when i look at something like this i'm like i would be like oh fuck oh shit yeah Devin can probably 
you know, is, is, you know, might be able to beat me at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, same thing. I looked at Joss and I was like, fuck, that's a big motherfucker over there. I probably looked at the same yeah. thing as, as, as Devin. This is probably one of his strengths. Same thing as Joss. Like this is a game that's going to, to be a strong suit for the stronger guy. Is Devin smarter than me? Shit, maybe, probably. Fuck. Shane, he Shane did. on this podcast said he thought you were the not to keep tooting your horn, D, but uh, he said you were the smartest person he's ever seen on the show. That's from Shane. I appreciate that. I mean, Shane, Shane's a constant. Uh, he 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 makes people think he's he's worse than he is. Uh, Shane's a very very smart very smart guy. So that's a big that's a big compliment coming from him. Um, and I think to kind of touch just on your question to Derek and then to bring this this interview full circle so far, let's look at all the components in it. So if Johnny had known he was going in against me and then saw this, he still probably would have in his mind thought kind of like Derek is, OK, I might be at a little bit of a disadvantage. But now let's play all the factors that went into it. This is the day after suitcase gate. So now the one girl that was kind of offering him comfort in the game is on the other side rooting for me. He doesn't know he's going into the challenge. He doesn't know he's going into the elimination. And then he goes into the eliminations at the hands of his mentee. And then on top of that, it's something that he wouldn't have had a great chance at beating me in. And I asked for this to happen. So all of these wins had already kind of lined up for me when he was going in. He was completely demoralized before he started an elimination that I probably would have beaten him at, even if none of those things were a factor. So not to mention, and I keep going back to this, he didn't even pack his bags. You have to pack your bags before you go to elimination in case you go home. Johnny was so confident that he wasn't going into elimination. He didn't even pack his bags. Now, Danette has a, t- a question here. She wants to know on the flip side, did you think the chances of bananas getting sent in were higher than it appeared everyone, bananas included, thought there were? 50-50. It really was 50-50. Um, and I forget if this is in the episode or not, but I, I when I walked up and I saw the light board, I knew Kayla was going bananas a 1,000% because we had had a conversation about it. Um. I knew Zach was going Nelson because of what we talked about earlier with how Zach plays the game. Tony was a wild card. It really was 50, 50. As soon as we walked up and I saw the light bright, I said, Tony, this might be a good time to take a shot. And he kind of looked at me and then I'd say the odds went up to about 60, 40. So when he started his whole speech and he started with bananas and then went to Nelson, I was like, fuck man, he's not going to do it. I'm going to have to beat Nelson with this and then go back into the game. And then, you know, and now I'm really on an Island. Now I'm really by myself. Um, and instead, yeah, he threw us a curveball. Uh, in that speech that Tony gave, I, I mean, I got to give him credit this season. The kid came in with a, <laughs> with a, with a new hairstyle and a, and a whole new way of playing the game. He Shakespearean was, Shakespearean in his delivery of that, uh, that really? monologue when he just, I mean, and the obviously post-production deserves some kudos too. Cause I'm sure there was some dramatic pauses inserted and the great close-ups and Nelson's face and everybody in the reaction shots. But I mean, you and Tony great. both this year and you in general, since you've been on the show, but you mentioned before what banana said about, he had that great quote that season about, Oh, it's all fair and love war and challenges. Banana seems to come with a notebook full of quotes every season to just make sure he gets, 
in these trailers for episodes because he knows the type of stuff that keeps this thing going. You, I think, have been a, a great uh, foil for that. And you come, whether you're prepared or you're just good on the flyer in the interview chair, uh, similar, similarly prepared. And Tony, for this moment that he got under the spotlight, I mean, there's a lesser mind that could have gone out there and just been like, oh, uh, yeah, you know what? This sucks, but uh, I'm going to vote a bananas. But he put it all yep. in perspective, uh, start to finish in brilliant, poetic fashion. So kudos to Tony Two Kids and for you for sealing the deal as well. But slow claps all around for you guys for, I think, helping them craft this narrative. Well, helping craft it yourselves, but deliver this narrative very well verbally throughout the season. Uh, I think has been, you know, having articulate guys like yourself, but also guys who have a knack for, for wording these things in a certain way, I think has helped us guide us along this, like I keep calling it Shakespearean narrative between you and Bananas. And now throw in Tony, who's the, I don't know, what is he, the Mercutio or something here, or something like that. <laughs> the, and, and, you know, it, but it's crazy. It really is. And it unfolded very well. And thank you guys for making it as entertaining as it was. And it can't be done without, we got to give him some props because, I mean, you know, I mean, you can't have a Ric Flair without a Sting or a Sting without a Ric Flair or whatever, vice versa. Tito Ortiz without a uh, Chuck Liddell. Got to give Bananas credit here, too, because he is playing his role, even in this aftermath here, as better as well as he ever has on this show. And uh, oh, yeah. there's a reason and he's I, the poster boy. One of the one of the big differences uh, between Bananas keeps saying, Devin, you want to be me, you'll never be able to be me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think... First of all, that would be a be a sad day for me if I woke up as Johnny Bananas. But uh, also, I I would never take a loss like this. So yes, he's playing his character, and 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 we got to give him credit for that. And he he has it like you're saying. There's without without the Red Sox, you know, are the Yankees? Is that is that rivalry? Or either team have as many fans without the other one? No. And I'm not saying that I'm there. I still think that that is. Wes and Johnny. I think it always will be uh, Wes versus Johnny. And I think that uh, one thing that I agree with with uh, Johnny on is comparing me to Wes the way that some people are is it's not unfair to Wes, but I just don't think that it's accurate. Um, He's done so much more for this for this game. He's won championships um, and he's he's kind of been in a shit ton of elimination rounds. Yeah, he's won a ton of elimination rounds and he's done it. Uh, in my opinion, um, not that I haven't, but with class and, uh, and he's been a staple character. So I do think it's a little unfair, not because I'm not, or potentially as good as Wes is, but just because it kind of, it kind of puts me on a pedestal that I don't think that I deserve to be on yet. Um, but, and, and I will give with Johnny credit for this. And this is probably the biggest difference between us is he wants everyone to think that I'm just a total scrub and that there's nothing that I'll ever do to be able to be good in this game, which just isn't true. Um, and I think he knows that deep down. So it'd be nice if he could break out of that character and just say, you want to know what I, I took the L he beat me. Uh, and it was a, it was kind of a fun rivalry as, and it was a fun little feud. Um, and it made really good TV cause he always says that's what he wants to do. And I got to take the L on that one, but of course he's classless and he can't do that. So I will give him credit for playing his character, uh, and for offering me, uh, you know, the golden opportunity that I had because beating someone that is that disappointed in losing and is that much of a sore loser makes it even better. 
Yeah, you mentioned uh, breaking character and giving props where they're due. You know, we eat some shit on this show for uh, not talking about or only talking negatively about the guy you named Wes. So I'll just tack on to what you were saying. I mean, Wes is a very storied player in this game, and for good reasons. He's won a lot of eliminations. I think he has the the record. And uh, he deserves some props, too. And he called this, like you said, from a mile away. He's always been the the ultimate bananas foil. And for whatever reason, he's decided to take a back seat on these uh, non-Champs versus Stars challenges. And people are making that parallel that you're filling that void and playing that bananas foil role. And I think it's very humble on your part to say, hey, don't call me Wes yet. Wes is a legendary competitor in this game, and uh, you hope to be there at some point, but you might not be there yet. So I'll tack on to that, guys. This is Challenge Mania. You can turn your volume up. Kudos to you, Wes, and uh, all your great gameplay over the years on this show. Uh, here's, what, here's what I think. I think that... Um I think that Devin is his own person. I don't think he's a, a West Little. I don't think he's a wannabe Johnny. Uh, I think he's his own person, uh, you know, paving his own path. Um, he did that the other day by calling out Johnny and um, and winning the elimination. Whether it was physical or memory, he's right. He won, and, um, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, and then second of all, uh, you know, Johnny um, – has played the, you know, has had the house against him before, you know, as has Wes, you know, so it's interesting how this all happens because eventually the house turns on the villain and it makes it very hard for them to get past the first few weeks. Um, And I wonder if, you know, you know, because this happened to Wes, people just vote him in right away because, he just had the whole house against them. And it feels it feels similar to what's happening to Johnny right now. It seems it feels like it looks like he may have pissed off enough people to have that many people turn on him right off the bat. And like you said, um, Devin, and I wonder if this is true. Will his next run be more difficult than his last few based on you know the the control? of the house and um you know can he get enough people to side with them to keep him going is he gonna have to battle elimination after elimination like west did you know so i wonder you know um two staples of, of the challenge is the is the curtain starting to you know get more and more difficult to open i guess i guess johnny will always be on the main stage west will probably always be on the main stage but how soon does the curtain close as we talk about uh challenges and um, how much people are, are, are willing to turn on them because Tony turned on him. You guys talked about it at the reunion. Then you guys sealed the deal the very next challenge. So, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting it's it's an interesting storyline. And I wonder what happens the next season you guys are on together. Well, we will soon find out, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a feeling. I have a feeling there's going to be a, a reckoning coming. Um, let me ask you uh, a few a few uh, Twitter questions before we let you go, Devin. And look, I, I know you guys are going to. You know, we, this was a huge episode, and part of the reason we love doing this podcast and doing these long form interviews is we can dive full into this. This episode had two very huge components. We touched on both of them in detail, so we'll definitely be having Devin back on to talk about more big picture stuff, get his full on casting story like we used to, like we love to get from from you guys. 
guys, especially you guys who did Are You The One, a show that some of our listeners aren't even very familiar with, but we love hearing what got you entered into this reality fold and uh, how far in advance the challenger's on your radar. We'll save all that for later, but we do have a couple more Twitter questions to get to before we let you go, and I'll try to you know have these uh, stay sort of intertwined with what we've been touching on. Um, this, I think, is an elementary question, but I, you were there for this. Um, Rachel wants to know, is there a specific reason why Johnny taking Sarah's money made you so angry, or was Johnny already so bad that uh, in your mind that that was just the icing on the cake? I think we all hated that, Rachel, but I'll let Devin answer. The reason that that particular situation irritated me the way that it did was because I was there from the beginning. So yes, I was there on that mountain in Argentina at the end, but I was also there at the beginning of that show, uh, obviously. And I saw kind of the, the, what I would call mental warfare that, that Johnny put on his own partner. I mean, for the first two weeks we were in that house, he wouldn't say a word to her. And it was very obvious to me that he was acting um, and then he was breaking Sarah down so that he could build her back up into the partner that he wanted. And he did that. And it was brilliant. And I watched the entire thing happen. But in that challenge, and I think, Derek, you can agree to this. In a co-ed challenge, it most of the time is the strongest girl that wins. Sarah played a flawless season. She was the sole reason that they won as many challenges as they did and that they won the final in, in such a fashion. Um, and the kind of mental abuse that she had taken and, and been able to deal with, uh, and then to get to that point and to have somebody take what, in my opinion, was hers, rightfully hers. Because I honestly believe if you put me or Vince or even Nate from Are You The One or Wes or any of Corey on Sarah's team, then we win that final. So put Johnny with Cheyenne and no shots at Cheyenne. She's great. But put Johnny with Cheyenne. Where do you think they come in that final last? You know, so put Vince with Sarah and Vince and Sarah win. Yeah, sa- sadly, if Vince and Sarah win, Johnny probably still gets most of that money, unfortunately. But yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree. But so for me that I took that so personally because I watched, um, Sarah and I think she would agree with this, uh, kind of compromise her morals uh, a couple times in the season so that she could be like the partner that Johnny wanted. And there's one specific instance when we were in Mendoza and, um, Vince was like really, really saying inappropriate things to Cheyenne that were, you know, in my opinion, racially charged. And it was just really sad to see Sarah kind of take that side and like to to kind of say, OK, I'm, I'm finally a part of the cool kids, so I'm going to compromise my morals and then still get shit on. Like, I don't think she would have should have gotten rewarded for that. But it was really clear to me that she was the MVP of that team. And then to watch her get all her money stolen was was rough. Um, and I just think she I think she was the strongest player in that entire show. And to walk away with that for nothing just didn't seem right to me. Yeah. Uh, shouts to Sarah. Shouts to Susie. Brain Candy. We love them. Um, here's another I question. Think it, I, yeah, think it's, I, I think it's I think it's hard. So I, I know we only got a, I don't know how much time we have left, but um, I'm, I'm going to cut this short. I think it's different when you actually witness something like that in person 
And then I feel like it sits longer and bothers you longer when you actually see these types of things happen in person. So to cut someone off, like, and see it live, I think mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I, th- I think the feelings like stick longer than, you know, us just seeing it on TV one time. Like he lived with them. He watched, uh, well, I watched it all happen. And like, let's think about it. If Sarah knew that that was going to go the way that it did, she would have just dived on the final. Yeah. Like if you knew, if you knew your partner and that's why it was so fucked up to watch because the whole final she's asking, you're not going to steal the money, right? You're not going to steal the money. And he's like, no, Sarah, why are you even thinking about that? I would never steal the money from you. I'd never steal the money from you. And it all came down to who stood on a log longer. And I sat right next to her. I stood right next to Sarah in between her and Jenna. And Johnny came out to get on the log. And it sounds so ridiculous. Only in the challenge would you have to stand on a log all night long for $275,000. Have it come down to that. But that's the game we play, right? I, I, I looked her dead in the face. I said, Sarah, do not get off this fucking log. Do not get off the log. He's going to steal that money from you. Wow. wow. She got off the log and, you know, he stole the money. Wow. Um, we got a question uh, that relates to this, and I'll spin it back around to involve the format of that rival show. So ZY wants to know, if you were cast on a rival season with Bananas or Natalie, would you throw it on purpose so they wouldn't win? I don't know that you have that in you, but I'm going to add this, which is same format, same mountain, you and Johnny – uh, they, you know, it's all in your hands. You hold the cards. Would you take the money from somebody like Johnny or a rival of that standpoint and that stature in your life if you were put in his shoes? Then, then or now? Uh, specifically now with bananas, ha- having all this played out after the fact, and then also answer then, oh. you know, before seeing how it played out with him doing it. Yeah, now, no questions asked. Take the money and run, Teach. What, but, if it was, uh, what if it was Natalie? What if it wasn't somebody as guilty as Bananas was of the same exact thing? Yeah, so someone like Natalie now, I'd probably split it with her. Uh, one of the things that this game has – that separates me from this game, and I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but I guess it's just the lifestyle that I live. I, I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need all that money. Uh, and I get – like I'm not a greedy person. Yeah, how much do, ho- how much do hops cost? Yeah, they, well, they they are pretty expensive, but that's like the, the the majority of my income doesn't come from reality TV. Um, I guess it would if I won two hundred seventy five thousand dollars, but I just I don't I don't need that, and I wouldn't want the karma that's associated with it unless I really felt like. And to go back to to the I don't even want to say the word again, but the bullying thing about how potentially people could deserve it, I would I would probably steal it from someone that I really think deserved it. Um, but I know Natalie, I not, not well, but I've had a couple conversations with her where that would be like life changing money for her. Um, and I wouldn't, I don't, I don't have it in me to take that from someone, um, that, that really needs it. So as much as I dislike her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't steal it from her even now. Um, and to be totally honest with you, if that was me and bananas on the mountain back then, I fucking hate to say this, but I got to be honest. I probably wouldn't have stole it from him either. See, the pro- the problem is, is like you, you, like you become closer, especially when someone's your partner for that long, and then yeah. you're in the final with them for that long. You would you think. Have, you, you would you, think. What what happens typically to the normal person is like you 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 create this newfound respect and likability for this person because you guys went just went through all this shit, you know. 
um, yeah, together. The sociopath so. is able to is able to kind of flip that in their own mind and 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 is able to think that they are the reason, even though all the math is completely against them, even though it's very obvious that it was the strongest girl that was going to win that final. A sociopath, a true sociopath, can somehow make it be that they did it and they won. And I guess that's the difference is that I would never be able to do that because I know that especially in a partnership, I would never even be in this situation if it wasn't for the other half of the team, which is why even though I scored every single point in that final, I still split the money with Cheyenne. Because if she didn't get up that mountain, I wouldn't have either. Two last questions here. We'll get you out of here, Devin. Uh, Jocelyn wants to know, uh, and this person that she mentions actually I thought was the voice of reason on Tuesday, so kudos to Cara Maria. She wants to know your opinion on Cara. She says that at some point uh, she remembers you having a bit of a Twitter beef with her. So overall thoughts on everybody's favorite, Miss Cara Maria. Uh, I actually really like Cara. She's a very, very complex individual. Uh, and I can see where people can get kind of a sour taste in their mouth about her because she's so good at stuff. Um, but I really like her. I've always, the, the one to touch on the Twitter beef that we had, my biggest issue with the people on this show is the level of hypocrisy and, um, contradiction that comes out of a lot of us. And I think, if I remember correctly, the only thing that I said, uh, Cara had said something about loyalty or, or um, about like being honest or something, and it was right after the season that she was cheating on Abram uh, on TV and using um, whoever she was cheating on him with, like as a as leverage. Essentially, there was one clip where she was like, "If I have to flirt my way through this game, then that's what I'm going to do." That's not the Cara that I know now. Um, I think that she's changed a lot. I think she's grown a lot. And for me, that really wasn't a beef. My response was, uh, coming from the girl that cheated on her boyfriend on national TV. So like, I would just never do that. I feel like if you're going to, if you really, that, if you really want to be with somebody else, like you get a phone call every week, you better make that phone call and be like, Hey, listen, man, uh, we shouldn't be together anymore because making somebody look stupid like that on TV is just not a good look. But again, uh, I really like Cara now. Uh, we got to hang out a couple times outside of the show. Um, and she is definitely something I usually, I try to, I try to gauge the way that I feel about somebody and this sounds insane, but I encourage others to do it in the event. I call it the post-apocalyptic draft. And I always kind of think about where I would take people in the post-apocalyptic draft and Kara might be a first round pick. Who do you want on your team when push comes to shove and, and morals are going to be, uh, are going to be compromised and strength is a factor. Intelligence is a factor and you have to survive. Who do you want on your team? And I would take Kara as a pretty high draft pick. Um, we'll get you out of here on this. This is a fun one. A little bit of fantasy drafting here. Uh, Dave Woods, our buddy Dave Woods, uh, wants to know if you could pick three girls and three guys to be on your team for a seven-on-seven challenge, who would you pick and why? Three guys, three girls. Um, girls. Kara, Sarah, 
And now this is a situation where do we need a fall? Do we need a fall fall girl? Hmm, you mean someone who you vote out if you lose? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, do we need somebody uh, no, like? No, for the purposes of these, yeah, th- for the purposes okay. of these, we don't have room for fall girl selections. But I appreciate that. that you're the first person. <laughs> you're the first person to ever read into one of these like fantasy questions as if it was an actual team you needed to assemble. Like you needed to throw in a burn member of the team because just in case you lose, you don't want to throw in someone you like. That's hilarious, and that shows the next level thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do both. Let's do both. Yeah, Let's yeah. do. All right, well, so I'll just be quick then. So, and it's always been Carasera top two for me for girls because they're the two strongest girls that I've ever played the game with, right? Um, and so then I hear like, I hear these things about this girl Evelyn and about this girl Emily. Um, and the only thing that I've seen Emily do recently is the Champs vs. Stars. I've never met her in person, but both of those girls' names ring bells. I think Derek knows them obviously much better than I do. So even without ever meeting Emily, I would go Emily, Cara, and Sarah. And then I would go Wes, CT, and uh, and this isn't just because you're on the phone with me here, Derek, but I would put you or Tony on my team as well. Wow. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You heard it here, guys. Derek and Wes teaming up in this fake fantasy draft conducted yep. by Devin. So all you Devin haters, he just made Dev, he just made Derek and Wes work together in this fantasy world. So um, bringing people together, folks, here on Challenge Mania. Dude, thank you so much, man. Uh, we ran a little long, but we had a lot to talk to you about, and we want to have you on again. Um, anything you want to say to the maniacs out there? I know you dropped a little bit of knowledge at the beginning of the podcast saying how you feel about uh, the haters out there, but uh, if this is your last chance for the week to speak to everybody out there, the fans of the Challenge Universe and whatnot, uh, anything you want to say to them? Final, final closing thoughts by Devin Walker. Let's go. Let's I go. went out there. I made a goddamn play. Hate it or love it. The underdog's on top for at least one week. Challenge Mania, you guys rock. Thank you for having me. I'll come back anytime you want. Uh, and to all the people that are listening that love me, I love you too. And to all the people that hate me, I don't give a fuck. We'll see you next time. <laughs> hey, where's your brewery at? East Hampton, Massachusetts, shout out to New City Brewery, home of New City Ginger Beer, and many other amazing and delicious foamers right here in the Pioneer Valley. Is there any, is there any way people can get that if they're not in the immediate area there, or is it only uh, walk in and grab for now? NewCityBrewery.com, new website just launched. Uh, there's a brilliant portion of that website. Uh, that will show you the closest store to your current location that you can buy our products at and will actually guide you to said location. So check that out, newcitybrewery.com. And I just want to give a shout-out to my man Kyle from the U.K., who is a stone-cold stunner, and to Tony, uh, my other foamer brother. This season was easily the funnest that I've ever been on. I think most of the people that were on this season can agree to it. And it was due in large part to those two guys. So shout out to those two and uh, shout out to you two for having me. And again, I thank you guys. I appreciate you and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks brother, man. We appreciate you. And, and I won't forget about that moment when you came up to me after that fight, dude, it was fucking awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. D. Hey, and congrats. Congrats, your, congrats, dude. My man. congrats on your victory, man. 
Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Uh, You heard it from the man himself. Uh, For those of you who were on the fence about Devin or uh, had a a negative opinion of him, you know here at Challenge Mania, we like to hear that we may have changed that opinion. I'm not positive we're going to get too many of you guys writing us to let us know because Devin does stick to his guns, and that's why we like him. And, you know, he is brutally honest, and he does, you know, when he does have an opinion about something, he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't change it to make everybody happy. But uh, candid, say nothing else about the man, but candid, really smart guy, thinks of everything from all angles. And, uh, D, what you, would you think of our, uh, our interview with Mr. Devin Walker here? I mean, brutally honest, right? Like, it didn't matter whether it was right or wrong. He was just being himself and being honest. Um, so I, to be, to be honest, to be honest, I, I think we had a, a pretty awesome interview. I, uh, you know, he, he's an individual. He's, he's not, he's, he's not a, he's not a, a, a wannabe Johnny. He's not a, a mini West. He's a, his own guy paving his own way right now. Um, he's got some, he's got some steam behind him. He's got some people, you know, uh, joining him, you know, on the, uh, everyone versus Johnny train. And I'm interested to see, uh, if the, if the train continues, uh, you know, continues to, to roll or falls off the tracks on the next one. Um, so may the drama continue, Mr. Devin Walker. Yeah, it's definitely one of those vendettas that, I mean, we, we don't know what the final reckoning is, but a lot of rumors are that it's some sort of a, a trifecta, the end of a trilogy here from, from Dirty 30, where we mentioned it, you saw at the end of the reunion, that's where Tony and Devin started, in essence, planning this whole thing. We've now seen on Vendettas how it played out on the battlefield with Johnny Bananas going home. And, you know, this is one of the few instances where, look, you tell me that the final reckoning has Tony and Devin and Johnny on it, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I'd like to see the third act of that story. So, kudos to everybody involved for having a really exciting episode that played out on Tuesday albeit with some unfortunate uh, side storylines there uh, and other things that went on and you know hopefully we touched on those enough to your guys' liking as listeners but I will say this and you know TJ uh, gave gave a little bit of a, a speech about this and about what this means for everybody in the real world no pun intended uh, about how they should treat people and how bullying should be avoided at all costs However you feel about this particular incident, um, the fact that this got conversation started about it, I think is a good thing. So um, we're happy to keep that conversation going with you guys on social media. So uh, keep the thoughts and the thought-provoking stuff, the the tasteful thought-provoking stuff coming on social media. We love to hear it. Uh, If you guys enjoyed hearing Devin on the show, uh, remember to hit him up at MTV Devin Walker. At Derek MTV's where you can find Derek, uh, and at Shot of Jaegers where you can find me. Please let us know who you want to hear on the show because we've got a couple weeks here coming down the pipeline. Vendettas is getting good. We're going to keep having cast members from that show on to talk about how they're coming into play each week. Uh, we are going to try to have Kayla back on, Jemmy back on. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, we had uh, both on very early on in the, the Challenge Mania calendar here, and uh, Jemmy even kind of teased it. She said, uh, You're going to see some things on Vendettas that I'm going to have to come back on the podcast to talk about. So I think uh, I have a feeling we just saw those play out on Tuesday so um, hopefully both of those ladies will be gracing us with their presence once again and we'll be opening it up for questions for you guys so I know I've had uh, quite a bit to say to them on social media. Um, You can maybe funnel that through me and in a very respectful way I might uh, be able to ask those questions on Challenge Mania. 
Trust me, I know you guys want Coral. Coral's coming really soon. Um, we, we should have news on that very soon. Derek, you're, you're, you've officially taken the lead on this Coral thing, bro. How have you dropped the ball? Do you need some scuba gear, man? You got to go get Coral and get her on the podcast. What's going on, man? It's in your hands. Listen, listen. If 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 you if you remember Coral, she is and always will be the queen of the challenges. So um, be patient. She's very busy. Um, she's has lots of responsibilities. She has a child. So, um, you know, the, 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 the seed has been planted and you will get her when she is, when the queen is ready. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh yeah no no she's coming guys uh sorry we uh we tease you out there a little early we got a lot of schedules in play here as derek said she's a very important lady she's got a very busy schedule but as soon as she has the ability she will be on challenge mania to answer all of your questions um guys again thank you for subscribing rating and reviewing on itunes um wherever you listen google play Podbean, telling your friends and family uh the patreon is live folks remember 100 percent voluntary do not feel pressured but check it out there could be some cool stuff on there that you dig challengemania.shop that's where you get the i'm a challenge maniac t dko out of nowhere and we just launched this week uh you still get free shipping until monday the 12th so you got a few more days of that we just launched the challenge accepted shirt so even if you've already scored some merch free shipping till monday a great time to load up on gifts uh d before we let everybody go and enjoy their weekend what do you have for the maniacs um yeah just if if we don't get a podcast to you like exactly on tuesday and exactly on thursday just understand that the challenge universe is a very very mysterious place so um you know for a day off or something like that like bear with us we're getting to it we're we're trying to brew another storm for you guys to listen to um and and like always you know i appreciate you guys i'm glad that you guys enjoy the show um get yourself some merch so i can retweet it and if you've already gotten some you guys are fucking awesome yeah you guys are truly awesome Thank you all around. We really appreciate all the love. And uh, this was a fun week all around. It was a thought-provoking week, but it was a fun one all around. Um, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hey, go, hey, and if you're in uh, Devin's area, go check out. Go go stop by and see him. If he's in your area, he's a pretty cool dude. He makes his own beer, ginger beer. It's freaking awesome. And I'm not just saying that because um, it's his beer. I'm saying that because uh, the last time I saw him uh, at, a, at a reunion – um, he brought all this ginger beer and we just drank a lot of it and it was tasted awesome. Remember, always steer clear of the man who brews his own beer. A lesson that could have been learned on Tuesday. Okay, guys, well, unfortunately for you, this thing just out here on Challenge Mania. So uh, take care of yourself, and I hope we see you in the future. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Emotional pain and depression can indicate that someone may be at risk for suicide, but the signs aren't always easy to see or discuss. Most people who take their lives exhibit one or more warning signs. Often the signs are subtle changes in mood, what they say, or how they act. Learn to recognize the warning signs. Suicide is preventable. Recognize it. Talk about it. Act on it. 
Learn more at recognizetalkact.org. A message from the Virginia Department of Health.